Guys, it's been a while, but welcome back to the Irish Pod. And I'm delighted today to be joined by two-time BAFTA winning, or more than that. Just twice. But it wasn't just me, it was a team. Of it's, course, yeah, but yeah. we can big you up. Yeah. Adele Cutting, double BAFTA winning, audio producer, specialising in gaming, but other things. We're going to yeah. dig into it. Yeah. And your company, uh, Soundcuts... Yeah, is uh, is what we're here to talk about and everything Yay. audio. So maybe tell us in your own words, what is Soundcuts? Uh, so Soundcuts is an audio production company, uh, as you said, mainly working in games. We, I'd say that's about eighty to ninety percent of our work, uh, but we also do TV, uh, branding, uh, audio dramas, um, installations, mobiles, mobile apps, basically anything that needs audio we will give you audio, be it music, sound effects, or uh, speech production. So I, when I was doing my research into you, and we will dig into this in a bit, um, I was intrigued by the pasta, the cooked pasta being used as a kind of a sound <laughs> effect for something else, a squidgy person or something like that, you were saying. Yeah, that was, that was actually a short for, for Nickelodeon. It was a like a character who had a sort of like noodly arms and legs. So yeah, we... I recorded pasta for that to, so that when he moved around, it was just like wet, slimy, slippery, <laughs> horrible sounding, but it worked. <laughs> so, but what I want to do, I want to start here. So sound, you know, we have sound and audio at our heart and our soul as this company. And one of the things we always say is that it's the forgotten sense, but actually yeah. we get a lot of our signals and cues and immersive experiences through the audio element to, yeah. to anything whether it's a game or a tv show or whatever it might be how important is it and why is it why why is it forgotten is it forgotten or is that just a uh well obviously i think it's super important of course. <laughs> to me yeah. um i think it's it's really important in games because i think um especially in certain types of games uh we can actually manipulate the players' emotions, how they're meant to be feeling, and that's kind of fun to be able to do that. Uh, obviously, telling the story, uh, telling the player if something bad's going to happen, if they're happy, if it's romantic, totally dependent on the story. We can also give them directional information. So if you're talking about uh, a game, for instance, we don't work on this, but Call of Duty, or you can hear where your enemies are coming from for the directional sound. Um, and really just enhance the enhances the gameplay experience and gives you information that you need to know to be successful in the game. So for me, it's super important. Um, I, why is it the forgotten art? I don't know. I don't know why it is. Do you agree that it is, though? Do you agree that it's an afterthought too often? I think, yeah. I think a lot of people really appreciate good audio in games. I think when developers make games, it's it's one of those things that, um, because we're last in the chain, I mean, we can do a lot of work alongside. So as they're building the worlds, we can do the ambiences. But fundamentally, when things have to be finished before we can final our sound. Mm. Um, so it's quite often left till the last minute. So uh, the animation deadline was meant to be here, but they and the audio deadline's here and they run right over. And we're like, oh, I should get squeezing in at the end. So it is. I'm not quite sure why, because obviously, if you were to release a game without any audio, it'd be terrible. Yeah, 
<laughs> you know, so so I'm not sure why. I can't ask that question. I think because we've always been the underdogs. I think a lot of audio teams just crack on, you know. Yeah. We tried making a fuss for years and now we're just going to crack on and make it great, <laughs> you know. Um, so I've no idea why, really, because it is absolutely fundamental, especially in uh, like horror games, for instance. It's really, um, really necessary. We did work on a, an audio only game, though. That was really interesting. Really? Yeah. Um, that was that was for a company called Something Else. They'd already done the Nightjar, and this was a zombie. Uh, this was quite a few years ago, probably about ten years ago now, and it was audio only, and it was for people who uh, were sight impaired. So the UI was really really simple, um, but it was really it really sort of like was full binaural and very specific. I think they had their own technology behind it, so you could really hear exactly where the zombie was coming from. And you basically turned your body around with your mobile phone and you could shoot it. So like, but you'd be actively moving to shoot them as oh they came gosh. from different directions. But that was, um, for me, a really big learning experience because I was so used to working with visuals. So if you have a giant, for instance, and you can see the giant, um, you'd put like a big thud underneath his footstep and some crunching of the leaves. And it just sounded like it looked. And you were like, yeah, that sounds like a giant, awesome tick. And then they had giants and other things like that in like, well, not giants, but huge zombie people. Well, that's what it looked like in my head when I was doing the sound for it. I knew it was a big zombie. Um, and I used the same tricks I did visually and it just didn't work when it was audio only. Really? You did the visuals to go with it. So yeah, it was trying to, uh, it was a real, took a, you know, a good sort of like week or so for me to really get get around like, oh my gosh, my normal tricks are not working because there's no visuals. So yeah, it was it was really interesting experience. I want to get into the like the techniques because you obviously don't have a giant to hand that can stomp some no. leaves, so you're gonna have to be quite creative. Um, but before we do, you you worked on back in the day. Shadow of the Beast was one of my favorite <laughs> games, and actually. Um, my mum as well really got really? into it, which was which was It was weird. really hard. It was really hard. We actually gave up. I don't think we got past one of the levels. Uh, but that was on the Amiga. But yeah. you worked on the sound bed for the for PlayStation. the update for PS4, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, the exec producer um who ran Heavy Spectrum, Matt, I worked with him at EA and he um really wanted us to come on board. So yeah, I worked on that. That was he was like the mega fan mega fan so there was definitely lots of nods to the original sound yeah in fact there's a mode where you can actually switch and have all the amiga sounds playing really yeah you know so you can literally go completely retro with it um but i love that that was a real joy to work on we had um ian livingston did the music for that and we had themes from the amiga tracks but obviously now they're orchestrated and really grand you know but it was fantastic working on all the weird and crazy creatures and ambience it's one of those games that to me it was one of my favorite games to work on but i don't think it's sold very many units unfortunately oh really but yeah i'm like yeah damn that was good sound in that game well if it's still i'm gonna get it because i didn't realize it was it was re-released but yeah um, i remember it being very very hard i remember it having quite kind of atmospheric music in the background and yeah, then obviously yeah. you've got your kind of whoosh, slashing and yeah, yeah. all of those things the, the original had huge bouncing eyeballs didn't it yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> um so when you're approaching 
a sound that you need to recreate and you don't have your giant that can stomp on yeah, leaves yeah. and so forth. How do you even start to explore what that sound can Ooh. be recreated as? Gosh. Just experience or are you playing with ideas? Have you yeah, got... it's a lot of playing with ideas. I mean, obviously, um, you know, there are millions and millions of sound libraries out there. So you'd sort of like look for something that could, which if it was pitched down, it would have some of the elements that you'd like to use. Um, and then we record a lot of stuff as well. Uh, so literally, you know, going out and sort of like, you know, banging things together or rustling bushes or just just using any sort of like bit of source material we can find. Um, it's one of the things, because obviously my kids are now sort of like 12 and 16, but they've grown up with mum being on holiday and going, Oh, you know, playing with a drop. This straw's got <laughs> a good sound. Oh my goodness! So yeah, and then getting my microphone out and recording it. I think we're sound collectors at heart. You know, anything interesting, we like to get hold of it. Um, but so much so that now my kids will be walking out, and my, my daughter will go, "Mum, listen to this. What do you think of this?" You know, and she'll just sort of like, mm, different squeak, Mum. You know, so they're very aware of, <laughs> aware of sound now. Uh, but yeah, I'd say we're sound collectors. And we just love playing with it, you know, just manipulating it, you know, simple things like just pitch shifting. But there's hundreds and hundreds of plugins where you can just mutate your sound and just stretch it within, you know, an inch of its life to get all these crazy weird sounds. I think it comes from experience that you know yeah. what what will work or what elements you can, like the pasta, you know, knowing what you can put together potentially to make things work. So you constantly out and about just kind of with a... Uh, what what equipment are you using? Well, I mean, know? there's loads of high-end yeah. things, but generally I just use a, a Zoom H4n because it's right. super small yeah. and you can just throw it in a bag. So it's, you know, it, it's perfect. You can attach proper, you know, like high, higher-end microphones to it. But that's what I use generally. Yeah. yeah, and you're just on the hunt constantly for inspiration and, and now you've got a team of researchers that's yeah. happen to be your, your yeah, kids. Yeah, they love it. They come out. <laughs> <laughs> they point things out to me and, you know, just I think it, it has made them more aware of sound. Like we were out and there was a, a waterfall and I was recording it from one angle and yet my son was like, it sounds better over here, mum. You know, and it, it, so I had to, okay. <laughs> so I had to go around that side and record it from that angle because it does sound completely different and... Uh, where were we? We were in, um, I think it might have been, uh, was it Bushy Park? And they have this garden and it's got um, uh, this this beautiful garden and it's got some water that runs down and runs round. And a really weird phenomenon as we were walking past it, they had some walls and literally it was really loud. And then all of a sudden the sound completely stopped. Really? And then when you went a little bit further on again, you could hear it in the distance. It was really bizarre. And yeah, the entire family were just walking and seeing so where something the about stopped. where the yeah, I think frequencies it was were running off the to. The acoustics yeah. and yeah, of that of that specific area. But it's a weird, I, I, go down, go down to Bushy Park, discover That's this That's fascinating. Little, yeah. That's, um, so we tried to create this experience, but we couldn't make it happen. We were trying to bring to life iris clarity and we were wondering if you could create um a kind of a space on a, on a stand at an event where if you stood in it you couldn't hear all of the noise around yeah we couldn't quite get it to be as effective as we wanted it to yeah. be but actually one of the best ways that we've ever demonstrated it is we just put two contact center agents slap bang in the middle of an event 
conference hall yeah and just turned the technology on and they were working away and people were going how are they even working this is crazy noisy that's amazing and they were just using the technology so it was a good good little stunt um in terms of noise yeah you know in in what your uh, your field is you know sometimes you can put that to good use and sometimes you want to get rid of it so yeah. what techniques are you using to contend with those noises that you don't want to bleed through cool um, so I think the biggest area for us where noise is an issue is obviously on voice recordings um, because obviously uh, COVID happened. Uh, so a there's a lot of uh, voice actors now who record at home. A lot of them have great voiceover booths, but there's still some who just don't have the booth, but they can record from home, especially with indie games because indie games, there's um, an indie budget for an indie game is a lot smaller than a mm you know, like something massive that's, you know, like Horizon Forbidden West or something. So they'll quite often go to actors who have their own studios or the ability to record at home. And when that comes to us to be edited, that's one of the things that we do have to deal with is the voice, uh, the noise um, behind there. Um, so that's obviously those plugins that we use in our door noise reduction plugins that we'll use to take that out. Um, and also mocap stages. Um, because they're noisy, you know, also Velcro, every speech editor helps, uh, you know, hates Velcro. And um, also, why did they design suits with Velcro on? That's like really rude to the, <laughs> to the audio department. But you quite often when they're moving around, you'll hear, you know, and getting Velcro. That's, that's our big area yeah. where noise is an issue. But as you say, I mean, we use noise, you know, as part of our synthesizers to actually make sound effects you know so we have a love-hate relationship with it yeah yeah it's it's kind of interesting isn't it that shift and i guess people you know if you're a voice actor you probably you know you might not have the ability to sound deaden and great quality microphones are, are excellent but they're you know if i pick that glass up these guys will be really angry because that'll shake through that and then they'll have to use yeah. clarity to yeah. to fix it um so i guess yeah, it's probably picking up the road noise that's rumbling along outside or daily life that's going on yeah. in, their, in their home. Yeah, low, low end is the biggest issue. Low end. Yeah, is the biggest issue. Um, but I have to say a lot of them do have really good studios, so yeah. that's really good. I think COVID completely changed that. I think pre-COVID, not many actors had, you know, a handful of actors had a home studio. Post-COVID so many more actors have right. you know because obviously people weren't allowed to go in studios you know because of because of lockdown mm. so if they wanted to continue working they had to be able to continue remotely yeah you know. in terms of my favorite subject the metaverse and immersive gaming it kind of and actually the example of the visually impaired game where it was where it was sound only sound becomes another really important almost even more important component because when yeah. you're in this completely immersed world whether that's for work or productivity or gaming anything that almost kind of takes you out of that yeah. experience is really going to be quite quite jarring yeah. how do you see that playing out in terms of how we recreate truly immersive environments from oh. every sensory standpoint that's uh, that's really tricky um, I think with us, obviously, the advent of VR games is massive for audio because 
everybody said when VR came out, oh, audio is really important. Sound design is when audio has always been important. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, obviously, because you're actually in the world, you're the person manipulating the objects in this world. You want it to feel like you're in that actual space. Yeah. So it is very important from that. And even more, the directional sound is super important uh, because you can't just have sort of like a stereo, a stereo sound with no location. It needs to be definitely bedded in sort of like specific locations. So, yeah, I mean, it does. And you don't want other sounds creeping in, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think because you've got people obviously that stream a lot and people that, you know, they're sitting there and, and and playing their game and maybe narrating it. And I guess as soon as anything foreign kind of comes into that, it starts to really jar, really yeah. jar the experience. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny, though, because when you do watch streamers, obviously they'll have the game sound on. Uh, but it's quite often very low compared to their own voice. Mm. I do think it would be more, but but then I'm the person who's done the sound that I want them to hear. But you want to hear the sound. I want to hear the your sound. Artistry yeah, work. yeah, yeah. I want to hear that. I don't really want to hear what's going on in their in their room. You know, although I appreciate they need to talk. You know, it's what's getting people to watch their channel, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. The um, what do you think about like just broadly the this metaverse concept you know it's been bigged up for ages and then you know it kind of i don't know if it's found it's it still hasn't found its place for me fully um do you see this as as the place where gaming's gonna go and and other things like work and and socializing or do you think it's a bit gimmicky still and hasn't really ironed out the creases of how to make it a very impactful experience uh gosh i really don't know to be honest i think uh I mean, off the top of my head, because I haven't really done loads of research into mm. metaverse. Um, I think it. I think the metaverse, in the same way as VR technology, I think we're at the start of it. I think in ten years, absolutely, but it's going to take a long time to get there. And I think also it's got to. Uh, well, with VR technology specifically, it's so expensive. I think for more people to get involved in it, it's got to have a price drop. But until Lots of people do get into it, then the price drop can't happen. With the metaverse specifically, well, I don't know. You don't know where it's going to go, really. Yeah. There's so so many different ways. It's all felt a bit gimmicky to me, and and to be honest, the experiences that I've had with it have felt fairly visually quite striking. But the yeah. other bits of the experience, and actually, sound has been one of the most disappointing components to me. And it's almost like overdone, where the directional things a little bit, you know, doesn't quite sync with the yeah. other senses and then it all feels a little bit queasy. Yeah. Do you want me to turn this off? Sorry, I've just realised my phone is really... Oh, that's all right. We can, so clear that. we can clear that right out of, uh, out of here. It. This is so this is your uh, daughter telling you all the things that she's bought. From <laughs> probably, <Boston>. probably. <laughs> um, so, uh, so sound cuts, 15 people strong. Yes. Mix of full time and contractors. Award winning. What did yes. that mean to win? To win? Oh my god! Be just so much. Just so much. I mean, the Tiger Awards had just gone. That was just amazing. I think when you've built it yourself and it's your company and people are saying your company is good, your peers, that that's what's amazing. It really is. Um, so and also winning the best sound design for the quarry. I mean, that was a real labor of love mm. for, for us. So the fact that people 
liked it. It was a real, yeah, I thoroughly loved that project. Um, but yeah, when it's your company, it just, it's even more, it's your baby, isn't it? And yeah. You, you want people to think your company's good and know you're doing a good job. So yeah, I loved it. What's the process for you when you get a brief? Are you presented with a very detailed brief? Do you have to help them along? What, oh. what does it look like? Oh, it totally depends on the client. So for the quarry, um, that was very much, I had a, I, I spoke to the creative director um, and he gave me a few things that he specifically wanted. So he really wanted a juxtaposition. So something horrible happens and you get a perky little tune. Uh, he wanted that sort of like a sort of like slap in the face. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for example, in the quarry, uh, there's a character character called Jacob. He, he's one of the first people who can die, and he dies pretty horrifically. And uh, so we chose to put the, this track, uh, "Life's Too Short," which is like this 1960s. But life's too short, realize. <laughs> and um, it made me laugh every time. But. Um, <laughs> However, I know that a few people didn't like that. I think a few people really invested in the character and found that rude that we, you know, totally inappropriate. Um, but that was actually a design. So for, so for that, there was key things, but then he wouldn't specify that's the track I had to use. Um, and then it would be, we'd just start creating it and then he'd obviously give feedback, but really he didn't give us a list of, I need this here and that, that. It was really just left to us. Yeah. And we just built up the soundtrack. Um, but conversely, we'll work with other people and they'll be like, uh, so we got um, a small gig through recently and they said, here's a list of all the sounds we need. Right. And it was like, great. <laughs> and then we played the game and it was like, a lot more than this. They need so much more than this. So it was like, they requested a couple of footsteps and any sound designing game who's worth their salt knows you, you've got to deliver a lot more than two footsteps for them to feel natural you know otherwise it's just very repetitive and clip, 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 yeah it's, clip, clip. it's very sort of yeah. like playstation one you know to, to yeah. ask for a couple of footsteps yeah so and also you need the cloth you know for the character moving it's not just footsteps anymore it's the whole shebang what they're wearing you know and uh so we'll sort of like go back and say that's great we can do that but the, here's everything else we think you need um and then they come back and say, no, no, we don't want that. Just give us the list or actually, yes. Can you do that for the same budget? You know, <laughs> so it, it's very, it's very different. We've got like with the quarry again and as dusk falls, we integrated it all. So they have, you have middleware like WYs mm. or FMOD, which is what we put the sounds in. And then we can tweak. So uh, we have RTPCs linked to distance and we can change. So as you walk closer to an object making a sound, we can affect the EQ or um, the volume or any of the audio elements of that sound, depending on how close you are or how far away you are. And you do that in WYs. And then WYs is linked to Unreal or Unity, which are the game platforms. Or some, um, some people have their own bespoke engines as well. Um, so yeah, so for those we did everything. We designed the sound, we put them in the middleware, get it working in the game. We did the whole thing. Um, other companies will say, just this is the sound effect list, send us these sound effects and we'll put it in. Um, some people want us to just do one area of the game. So 
here's this one specific area, here's a really detailed brief of absolutely everything, a detailed brief of how we want you to put it in WYs. But we'll just work with the client however they want to work. I mean, we'll always say, it always sounds best if we can either embellish lists and then put it in and make it sound good. Yeah. Um, but similarly, if people don't want to do well, that. Well, you said earlier, right? You want the pride. You want the pride as well of delivering the exceptional product. Exactly. And letting you, you don't do want your it to sound work. rubbish, and that's yeah. why you want to have control over it. Yeah. I mean, there have been games where we have thrown it. You know, sort of like throwing the sounds over over the fence. But we do say, please send us a capture so we can say, no, that's not. That's not right. You need to change the volume on that. You know, I think if you have conversations with them, you know, about we just want it to sound great. I think they're more open, more open to it. Yeah. At least so far, Touchwood clients have uh, been appreciative of that. Yeah. And and what next for the company? Do you continue to grow? Are you you know is Ooh. this is this something where you know Ooh. global domination in game? Yeah. gaming sounds when it started i was like yeah i'm a megalomaniac and i want to take yeah. over the world everything all from sound cuts, <laughs> you know um i don't know oh I, I really don't know that's a that's a tricky one i think the thing is i want to be able to carry on working on sort of like the really big gigs mm. you know sort of like the triple a titles that's great but also i find a lot of the exciting games are actually indie games so uh, as Dusk Falls, that started off as an indie game, it got funding um, and they were doing something completely different. Like the storyline for As Dusk Falls, it wasn't your standard um, game storyline. Mm. It's much more like my friends who don't play games, it would be interesting for them because the story and the narrative is, is more in line with sort of like what you'd see on a Netflix TV show. Yeah. Um, and so that, and it's, oh my gosh, have you played it? play it because uh, it's so emotional it's all human relationships and it's heartbreaking i mean it really is you feel emotionally drained yeah uh, but another area that we've just come to we had our first experience with it last year was audio dramas yeah. and that is one thing i suppose in this in the same way as the audio only game excited me the audio drama really excited me because again there was the tricky tricky part of there's no visual so we're telling the story but for me it was interesting because uh, not only i mean like we were the entire production we were the production company for it i was the director and producer and all the casting that we did all working with all the different actors but what was amazing to me and i didn't realize until i worked in it is how advanced some of the audio is in audio dramas so i just thought it'd be stereo but obviously binaural, brilliant, because everybody's listening to it on phones and headphones. But also like this latest one, we're mixing in Dolby Atmos, which slightly blew my mind. So for a sound person, that's an, an area that's really interesting. So I'd like to do more of that stuff too. So is this like, is it taking almost, obviously podcasts exploded and yeah. you know, uh, the Archers is still going after however many tens of years. It's like almost the next level of a, uh, of, is it radio? Is it a radio podcast? Drama. Is it radio yeah, drama? it's like radio yeah. drama, but the scripts are specifically writ written. Well, like a radio drama, really. Um, so there's audio books, which is just somebody narrating a book, but audio dramas are exactly that. It's yeah. it's it's like a film without the visuals. It's the entire story. And uh, yeah, we had our first taste 
last year we um have you heard of the far cry franchise no no so far cry is from uh by ubisoft and um they wanted to do like a spin-off and so they decided to do an audio drama and i got to direct giancarlo esposito oh wow which was awesome yeah um but i just thoroughly enjoyed the whole process so that's something i personally would like to do um yeah so hopefully that's where the company could go it kind of it, you know one of the big things at the minute is the last of us on uh yes. on atlantic See, HBO. I love that. So, and that's like a game that spun off into so a into an epic what I love tv series about that is it's they've actually got people from the game team who are looking after it so the exec producer right so it's actually it really represents it it's still got the same feel and it's true to the game so for me because i loved the last of us so for me i absolutely love it um but i also think things like that do encourage people who don't there's a lot of my friends who, who don't play games and but they love the last of us and it's like yes that's the stories we're telling yeah. we're not we're not i i think a lot of people are put off i think a lot of people of uh, my age or older are put off because of the controller if they've never used one before how are they going to do it uh and they just think it's call of duty and shooting and the last of us shows them no there's a narrative yeah a deep narrative yeah yeah no do you do you see um what's the balance of people you, know, you hear a lot about people just tied to it and they're playing you know 24 yeah. 7 if they wanted to there's a balance right because for a lot of people this is an escapism that then you know is is good for them and then other people rot their brains with it, it yeah it's it's a hard one isn't it i don't know gaming. but you could say the same about alcohol some people can have it yeah some people can have it and not cope with it really yeah. it totally depends on the individual really doesn't it yeah no it is the, it is the same it's all in moderation i suppose but i mean i i recently got back back into it just yeah in lockdown getting abused by like some 11 year old french kid on my headphones <laughs> while i'm absolutely useless at call of duty i quite <laughs> like playing it but but i'm terrible and you know it's a bit of escapism for an hour or two well, and i then... think i think I think now, I think definitely so like the, the generation that's coming up, it's it's like you have, we, well, I had films and TV and games. There was a handful of small games. But I think now it's films, games and films, games and TV. You know, there's all those options. It's just, mm. just another way of consuming stories, isn't it? You know, a more interactive way that you're actually, you're actually part of it. You're not just a spectator. You're actually in the world it's your your experience in the story uh, mm. differently so i think and also there's so many different types of games i think people who criticize games don't know games you know they don't see all these beautiful stories that can be told all these beautiful indie games you know all these amazing horrors you know they i think it's it's they're speaking from a position where they don't have the information yeah 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 so they're just making it bad they're putting it in the bad box yeah adele thanks for joining us today been absolutely fascinating to hear about it um how can people find out more about sound cuts and about you maybe they've got an indie game idea in their mind and they want to lay yeah. a sound bed what yes. do they do <laughs> uh well you can contact us through our website which is soundcuts.net um or if you just look at, at sound cuts on twitter i'm i'm on there too
Excellent. Guys, thanks for joining us on the Irish pod. Sorry we've been away for a while. We're back. Adele, thank you so much. No problem, thank you. See you soon.